0: Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como Enfermedad cardíaca Asma Diabetes Y tienes 19 años o más 52 36 42 Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía nomocósica? Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en Español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20.
1: Before we get started, someone very special and close to me would like to say thank you for listening. Okay, go ahead and say hello. Say hello. Hello. Say, I'm Tilden. Te-che. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. For listening to Mommy's Podcast. Do you tell them thank you for listening? All okay. done. All done. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Laney. As we move into the darkest parts of the year, I'm reminded of the old traditions in certain parts of the world where people would tell ghost stories over the holiday season. It's cold, it's dark, and the world seems to be leaning just a little more towards the thin, liminal space between our world and something a little more… sinister. Jacob Marley might have had more of the right of it than we originally thought. To take with you on your journey through these shadowy winter nights, we've pulled together some strange, unsettling stories for you today. Pull up a chair around our proverbial fire, and let me tell you some ghost stories. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story today comes from Gunslinger1925. They bring us a story from their childhood with a childhood game that maybe they should have left alone. I grew up in Cochise County, Arizona. Back in 87 or 88, my sister thought it would be fun to buy a Ouija board and play around with it. I was in the 5th grade at the time, and she was in the 3rd. We both used it with our friends, amazed at the possibility of reaching out to the dead. We asked all the obvious questions about our futures and what heaven looked like. I suspected one of my friends was the one controlling the planchette, since everything for my future sucked, while his was setting him on the path to be richy-rich. Everything about our game changed, however, when some of my mom's students came over to hang out with us. Things were different in the 80s. Two of my mom's students, we'll call them CJ and JT, adored her. When my sister told them about the Ouija board, their teenage brains kicked in. It was a weekend night, and my dad was working the late shift. The five of us, my mom had joined in, were having a session when things went a little off the rails. The two students began to contact something a little more malevolent, an entity that claimed to be Satan himself. CJ and JT immediately tried to make it leave. They tried saying goodbye, and the response was a simple, NO. The entity was taunting them, and they quickly started to freak out. I remember my mom trying to make it leave as hard as she could, quoting scripture to help the process, and still, it refused. Then, it started to spell out a name on the Ouija board. It was a last name, and suddenly, the energy in the room changed. It wasn't cold, it was just... weird. After a bit, we walked away from the board. I distinctly remembered that my mom had left the planchette on the letter R because it was the first letter of my friend's last name. She didn't care, everyone was too spooked to stay. We left the board alone and went into the family room to decompress and watch a movie. Roughly half an hour later, the doorbell rang, with another one of my mom's students stopping by. It was at this time that I remembered the board, and I went back to check on it. To my shock, the planchette had moved to the letter P, which is the first letter of our last name. I told my mom this, and she brushed it off as me doing it to mess around. I think it scared the hell out of her. We ended up picking up the board and putting it in the closet in my sister's room. Afterwards, she claimed she'd hear voices coming from it at night. We ended up finally getting rid of the board after a close family friend saw it and completely freaked out. We never had anything strange happen after that. Recently, I was speaking to CJ again. She says she doesn't remember anyone being in the room with the Ouija board when the planchette had moved, but she did comment that it spooked her. To this day... Neither my sister, nor I, have ever purchased a Ouija board, again. Y'all, I feel like I've said this before, but if not, let me say it again. I will not mess around with a Ouija board. There are too many stories of too many things going wrong with them for me to ever want to risk it. And I remember when I was younger. One of my best friends, her mom had, like, a witch board, is what they called it, in her closet, and I was so terrified. Her place was also extremely haunted. I remember seeing a ghost there. It's a whole long story. I gotta write it out for you guys. Anyways, I just have to say, I feel like you're lucky to have gotten away with so few consequences as it is. So please, do not, I repeat, do not purchase another Ouija board. Our next story comes from Jaddy2306, with the tale of a house their sister lived in, and a terrifying experience within. My sister used to live in a house share. It was a huge house with three stories and multiple bedrooms and bathrooms. At the time, my sister was the only one living there, so all the other rooms were vacant, while my sister's bedroom was on the ground floor next to the kitchen. One night, I stayed over with her. It was about 3 in the morning, and my sister had gone to bed hours ago. I couldn't sleep, so I was in the kitchen, talking on the phone with a friend. Suddenly, I got this horrible, overwhelming feeling of being watched. It was like something not someone was in the room with me. Whatever it was, it definitely didn't want me there. I tried to ignore the feeling and carry on with my phone conversation, but it got to a point where I straight up did not feel safe in that room. I told my friend that I was going to bed and hung up the phone. I went to my sister's room. She always told me to lock the door behind me, even when there was nobody else in the house. It was a standard lock that just had to be turned so i did that and then grabbed my blanket to lay on the floor to sleep i'd only been laying there for a minute or two when i heard the sound of the lock clicking and the door creaking open suddenly that feeling of dread was back it took me a minute but i finally built up the courage to turn around and check the door was wide open while i was staring at the door i couldn't see anything i could feel it though That sensation of this thing, whatever it was, watching me. And I froze. I finally managed to reach my hand out to shake my sister awake, and she had to get up and close and lock the door because I physically could not move out of fear. I ended up having a lot of scary experiences in that house, but that by far was the scariest to me. You. The door being open in this one gets me every time. I'm always a type to make sure doors are locked and closed tightly. I take security very seriously. So if I found something like this, I don't know what I would do. I probably would freeze too. My maybe would try to say hi, run away, see if they want to be featured on the show. I mean, what would you do, right? I mean, what would any of us do when faced with this sort of uninvited visitor? And if you have had an experience, I'd love to hear about it. Our next story is from The Doctor Is In 22. They bring us a strange tale that truly encapsulates the title of It's Haunted. What now? After i graduated college i went on active duty in the army after schooling was done i got my own apartment furniture was expensive and it took me a long time to get a bed a couch etc for a while all i had was my desk for my computer and a futon during the day the futon was a couch and at night it was a small bed i was okay with this for the short term but it was getting old having no furniture My coworker found out about my sorry furniture situation and offered me an old bed that he had in storage. I took him up on it right away. For the next several years, sleeping in that bed, I had the same recurring nightmare. Night after night, I'd have dreams that someone was choking me and I couldn't wake up. I'd be aware of what was happening and try to wake myself up from the dream, but I was never successful. I'd also dream that there was a shadowy figure at the foot of the bed. Then came my orders to go to Korea for a year. I remember thinking that I hoped I didn't have nightmares while I was overseas. All of my furniture went into storage while I was gone. Never once in my time in Korea did I have the dream. Never once did I have the feeling of being choked while I slept, while I desperately tried to wake up. Eventually, I came back to the States. At my new apartment, I slept on an air mattress for a bit while I waited for my things to be shipped back to me. I was so glad to finally get my things back and sleep in my own bed. That first night in my bed, however, I had the dream. Someone was choking me and I couldn't wake up. The next day, I went to a furniture store after work and I got a new bed. I never had that dream again. Eventually, I gave my original bed away to a friend who needed it for a guest room. I didn't mention that the bed was probably haunted. No one believes that stuff anyway, right? This one is really interesting to me. I would love to hear back from anyone else who may have slept in the bed. And also from the person who gave you the bed. Did they have the same nightmare? A different one, but maybe still reoccurring. If you hear from anyone else who had strange encounters with this bed, please let us know. Our next story comes from Tiffany Brook, 88 They're reaching out to us to see if anyone can find a name for what she encountered. I live very close to the Appalachian region of the U.S. Our family lives on a large farm, and we've all seen strange things from time to time. We just accept it as part of the land and keep on about our lives. I live next door to my grandmother. My husband and I have seen all sorts of strange things. Black masses, the watcher, and even a cowboy-shaped mass up near her house. Yesterday evening, however, I witnessed the weirdest entity I have ever encountered. We were outside talking when all of a sudden our dog alerted toward the front porch and started growling. She never growled before and I stepped down to see what she was looking at since it was new behavior. Her teeth were showing and the hair on the back of her neck was standing straight up. I looked in the direction she was looking at and I saw this strange black mass slithering into her front door. I got instant goosebumps and a heavy, uneasy feeling. I tried to debunk it by moving around to see if I could recreate the shadowy shape myself, but nothing looked like it. It was about 6 inches tall but about 2 feet long, and was an oblong shape. It was solid black and had waves of grey coming off of it that reminded me of heat coming off pavement when it's super hot outside. It was floating at the top of the stair rails and literally slithering up and down as it was going into her door, and it was nowhere close to the floor of the porch. It moved really fast, but was slow enough that I was able to see the entire thing. As soon as it was completely in the house, the bad feeling in my chest was gone. My dog eased, but still kept her eye on the porch. The land has always had an eerie feeling to it. There's also been several familial deaths on the property, all cancer or accident-related. There's a small family graveyard to the right of my grandmother's house, belonging to the family that owned the land prior to my family. I'm just wondering if anyone may have any information on what I saw. It's shaken me up because out of all the things I've witnessed here, this one was the first to give me a dreadful feeling. I've scoured the internet and I can't find anything. Plus. Well, I'm stumped just as much as you are. I wonder if anyone else out there has any ideas on what this could be. At first I was thinking Shadow Man, but it doesn't seem like it stood up seemed too small for that, so... I've never come across anything that's talked about kind of a black mass moving that way, other than the airy ones you see, you know, floating in the ceilings and things like that. Like wisps. Uh, I've never seen anything solid like that before, or heard of anything solid like that. So, if you have, as a listener, please write in and let us know. I'm just as curious as our author here. Our next story is from Jaded Astronomer 411 who also tells of a strange, unexplained visitor but this one seems to be making itself quite at home. Every night for the past six months, something weird has been showing up to my house. It's roughly seven and a half feet tall and usually walks or runs by between two and three in the morning. This will continue until nearly five in the morning. It will pause for a long time, staring at me through my window. I usually keep my windows open to cool my room off, and it finds that open window and just stares. The creature is all black and looks almost like its skin or body or something about its being eats light. The only part of it that's truly visible is its eyes. They glow a dim, orangish-red, and have slitted pupils. It does laps around the area, it seems like, and always stops at my house. I've tried to take a picture, but it's gone before I can manage. I've tried to take videos, and same problem. I've tried to wait and have my phone recording, but it will suddenly die just before the creature appears. I've tried to talk to it, but it ignores me. I've even left food out for it to see what happens, but it barely spares it a glance before it goes back to staring at me. I've run into strange things in my life. I've run into skinwalkers and other things and have had a run with a wraith and a bunch of other weird, unexplainable things, but this isn't like any of them. It doesn't do anything but just stare, sets my dog off, and makes my skin crawl. I think it might just be observing me, studying me. That almost feels worse than if it tried to do something. This is another weird one. What sort of creature would come back night after night like this, and if it's not doing anything but watching, what could it want? I agree with you that it feels much more sinister, knowing that it's just there, not knowing what it could want. And it sounds a little much like an alien observing somebody, but I have no clue. Our next story comes from the mysterious slate, telling us of yet another unexplained visitor. This time in their own bedroom. One night as I was sleeping, I heard what sounded like heavy boots going down the stairs. Thinking that someone had broken in, I came out of my room with my baseball bat. Looking down the stairs, I saw nothing out of the ordinary. I thought that I had misheard, so I turned back to go to my room. As I turned away, however, I heard a man's quiet, deep voice speak into the darkness.
0: Don't go back.
1: It terrified me. The voice repeated the same thing three times. Wanting to get away from it, I went back to my room and saw something I can never forget. There was a woman sitting on the edge of my bed. As soon as she saw me, she smiled widely, ear to ear, and then she disappeared. I packed everything that was necessary for a night away and went straight to a motel for the rest of the night. The next day when I returned to my house, everything was normal except for my bedroom. It was trashed. Everything in that room was all over the floor. I only lived there for three days before I left. won't lie, I would have been out of there pretty quickly too. Seems like you had not one but two visitors in that house and even though one was definitely more friendly-ish than the other, I'm still not sure I would have stuck around very long to find out exactly how friendly or unfriendly they could be. Our next story comes from Midnight Lays who brings us a tale about why they now believe in the paranormal. Oh goody. When I was 9 years old, my dad took my siblings and I on a vacation to my grandparents' house, far from where we were living. My grandparents' house was a deteriorating ancestral house, but some of the rooms were newly renovated. Everything was always under construction, and things were constantly a mess. I remember the TV was in the kitchen because we couldn't use the living room. It was around midnight one night, and we were watching a TV show with my cousins, my sister, and my aunt. We were laughing loudly at the show's cracking jokes during the commercial breaks. Suddenly, there was a very loud noise from the upstairs. It sounded like kids running around and we thought it was my other cousins playing. We didn't have time to react or call to them to knock it off, before we noticed a strange… something coming down the stairs. The best way I can think to describe it is a brown-colored wind or smoke speeding with loud stomping sounds down the wooden stairs. It passed by the TV and into the sink, rattling the glasses in the rack. We were frozen in shock and confusion when the wind came back from the sink, passing the TV again and back up the stairs with the same stopping feet noise. It sounded like it was in a hurry to get back up the stairs, shaking the picture frames lining the staircase and even knocking one to the floor. I couldn't believe it. It's still something that I can't explain. I've told this story to a lot of people, and my aunt once told me that she was used to strange things happening in that house. She and my dad had witnessed it all the time as kids. They seemed to brush off what happened, but as I was so young when it happened, I was terrified to my core. That experience is something that will haunt me forever, even now into adulthood. Kudos to your aunt and your dad for being so chill about this encounter. If I grew up in a house where things like that were commonplace, I don't think I would have ever gotten used to it, but some people do. If anything, it would have probably made me more paranoid for future encounters to come. I don't blame you for still being frightened. I'm frightened just hearing about it. Our final story today is a treat in the spirit of the holidays. Representative Wen975 tells us a story of their father and how even though he's gone now, he'll never truly leave. Five years ago, my dad died. It was a freak car accident while he and my older brother were driving home from some sports event they'd gone to. My dad was larger than life in every sense of the word. He was 6 feet 8 inches tall, covered in tattoos, and had this laugh that I swear you could hear across the country. He and his identical twin brother loved to play pranks on us when we were growing up. That has not changed. Only now, dear dad, has the final laugh. The night of his funeral, my uncle and I were sitting together in the backyard. Uncle was telling stories about dad and some of their wild teenage years. And I remember so badly wanting to hug my dad. All of a sudden, my uncle and I heard the unmistakable sound of my dad laughing, followed by the back door slamming shut. Uncle and I stared at each other, wide-eyed, and then burst into laughter, because, yeah, that's my dad for you. The door, in case you're wondering, turned out to be locked, from the inside. Uncle and I were the only ones home at the time, except for my dog. It took an hour for us to find the spare key to get back inside, My dad liked to move our spare key around because it makes it harder for robbers to find it. He's continued to prank us over the years. Our keys go missing, a phone will start blaring his favorite song at 3 in the morning out of nowhere, or we'll wake up to the sound of my dog growling that distinctive rotty rumble that he only ever used while playing with my dad. His laughter is always heard, as well as the scent of Old Spice, his favorite cologne. We miss him every day. But, he always manages to remind us that, he, gets the last laugh nowadays. Okay, this story is so sweet and simply so lovely. I'm so glad that your father is still close to you even though he can't be physically present anymore. It's small comforts like that and stories like this that remind us that we really aren't alone out here in this world that there's always, always someone who is going to be there, watching our backs and stealing our keys in secret. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Jesse Hawk. Writing assistance by Meg Williams. The official composer for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at we Talk of Dreams or WeTalkofDreams.com. And the team behind the scenes would like to wish you happy holidays or whatever you celebrate. We are going to be off for the holiday, returning for the January 15th episode. Thanks and have a great rest of the season.